Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the podcast. Are your wives still tuning in at this point? You know, that podcast has got out there, it's simmered a little bit, as everybody's wife's tuned out. Um, I got a message, some people aren't getting laid, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oops. That was, not, hey, that was not our intent. Hey, don't blame us. Hey, you you knew what you were getting them into. <laughs> um, no, but thank you for being here on the podcast. Uh, real quick, starting it off right off the rip, um, as we're getting more into 2021, there's going to be you know some partner changes, which is awesome, um, out for the good. Partner changes for the good. Really not changes, but additions. Yep. Um, so I think as we roll in, you're going to see us sort of restructure how we do our uh, partner ads on the show. Um, we're going to try and mix it up so it's not so much on the front end and we kind of either disperse them or alternate them so you guys don't get burnt out, but also can hopefully support the brands that support us, which I believe therefore supports people that listen to the show because we're all kind of the same, uh, cut from yeah. the same cloth, I Absolutely, guess, for lack of a better term. Um, so first things first, um, we'll get into, we got a veteran shout out coming, but we, we want to announce now HHA operation, HHA USA is now the like the official partner with our veteran shout outs. Yep. So we're going to help promote Operation HHA USA, help um, promote some of their uh, archery shoots and events and stuff like that as they grow. We, we mm-hmm. hope to help out with that, and we hope to bring awareness to it. Um, so it's cool um, that they're going to come in and um, basically support the, the, yeah, the shout outs awesome. and everything like that. So that's really cool. Obviously, love working with HHA. That's mm-hmm. awesome, and and supporting our veterans too. That's yep. the most important part here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, going even deeper with Operation HHA and yep. getting deeper within that HHA family, it just fits so perfect. So, um, bit awesome things that they're doing. We'll get into that more as we roll into the year, and, and we'll have Chris on and to talk about that in detail and some yep. of the things they do and all that. Um, so that's the first thing that we're really excited about coming into the new year. Um, also. The grind, the grind turkey calls, decoys, stuff like that. Primarily the decoys um, is our partnership there. Um, awesome turkey decoys. And that's something that we're going to get more into. You know, with turkey palooza kind of perked our interest. Eric isn't a turkey guy, <laughs> but but Doug definitely is. Love Out of the him. three of us here right now, Doug, Eric, and myself, you're probably the turkey connoisseur of yeah, the three yeah, of us. Yeah, I love turkey hunting. So, um, He's like the expert over there. Yeah. We're just amateurs. So you're going to tear that up. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited. Check out thegrindoutdoors.com. 
And also another one we're really excited about, and I think this is going to change. I'll admit I laughed at this whole industry initially a few years ago, but after playing with some of these products and seeing how beneficial they can be, especially um, from public ground to Western hunts to maybe more fragile areas that you don't want to leave a scent trail through or anything like that. Or I remember just, when we first seen them at ATA and we're like, what kind of gimmicky thing yeah, is this? It's yeah. not going to stay around long, but now they're actually, you the, can see the benefit of them. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, Rogue Ridge e-bikes. So this is a, an awesome partner for us. We're really excited about it. Um, I'm already thinking of ways that I'm going to make moves in on some whitetails, uh, this fall with, with this bike. Uh, and coming from like a BMX background, it kind of excites me that I can kind of, it's not BMX, but it kind of has a little flavor of that with like my number one passion of bow hunting. Right, right. So and you can use them all year long, you know, go sneaking in, checking trail cameras. Oh, yeah. Putting, I, just, I just picture like me and Eric riding bikes, like, and then Curse is doing like Ollie's. Like, what's Ollie's. Up, what's up, loser? Whatever you call them. Bunny house. Bunny house, whatever, losers. Later. <laughs> Later, dude. <laughs> Nerds. Hit and jump. Yeah. They're, do, uh, do they make a tandem one yet? <laughs> double the horsepower <laughs> that'd be awesome no they have some really awesome stuff we'll get deeper into that and we plan on doing some deep dive episodes on you know utilizing e-bikes into your hunting setup and strategy and stuff like that so um we're excited about it that's that's our update for now uh super thankful for those guys seeing something in us and supporting us it's, it's yeah. cool shit never thought it would happen to be honest with you yeah um, with anybody. Awesome. Uh, but the podcast is presented by hha sports Code WCB15. If you're wanting to jump into a single pin site, HHA obviously is what we recommend. Um, they support our veterans. We covered this. You should know this. They're all sourced from pretty much Midwest materials for all their equipment. Mm-hmm. A, a lifetime warranty. They're bulletproof. They're bulletproof, and they offer sites for every shooter yep. and rest. Yep. So you can't go wrong. HHA is an incredible company. Um, also, Scent Crusher. Um, Man, been using Scent Crusher for a long time now. Can't say enough about the gear bags, the roller bags, the closets, the rapid mobile shower. I mean, again, it's just one of those companies that if you need scent that needs killed or crushed, if you will, Scent Crusher's got your back on it. Absolutely. Um, loophole optics from performance eyewear to binos. We normally rock the 10 by 42s. Um, so, man, uh, it's crazy to have to work with some of these brands. Yeah. You know, it, it's just pretty awesome. awesome. They see Especially Leopold. I've had a, quite a bit of messages lately. People are getting their stimulus check and Christmas money looking, and stuff. Looking around. That's They're like, hey, hey, I need some uh, new binos. What, what, uh, which one are you guys running? So I'd send them a link to them. They're like, sweet, I'm going to go order yeah. them tonight. No, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's the f- When we had Michael on from Leopold on the podcast, he's like, it prevents FOMO while you're hunting. Oh, yeah. Like fear of missing out. It really mm-hmm. does. It, I just find it's just you learn a lot more, you know what I mean? Or like you'd be surprised you're looking out at something, you put your binos up and it looks completely different than what you thought oh, yeah. it was from the oh, yeah. naked eye. Just that alone. It's just crazy. Like when I first started hunting, they'd be my backpack and I'd pull them out if I needed them. Like now. last, last case. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah. Now they're in my harness attached to me. They're like the first thing I put. On. I can't go oh, in yeah. the woods without my, my bino harness on. Yeah, I'm oh, the same yeah. way. I feel naked without it. Like, I'm like, shit, what if you, you see a buck in the distance, you want to see what it is. Right. Like, I don't know how I'd never. That would drive me Even nuts. for shed hunting. I mean, we I found use a lot of shit oh, yeah. out of our shed hunting. I don't want to say I've doubled my shed success with binos, but I would say it's it's close. Oh, yeah. I'd say it's really close. I found my biggest shed with a set of binos. That's Remember, it was back when we like first started the podcast, I had like a little viral video. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Tip. Yep. Yeah. I'll have to find that and dig that up and post a link. Um, also, Thermosy, uh, they have a code WCTS. For all of our listeners, and we have thermoseats on workingclassbowhunter.com yep. with our logo Just on. Just use one. 
Um, yeah, especially late in the game here. Yeah. Um, Victory Archery, we uh, love our victories. Rip TKO extortions on our crew. I think Chandler's shooting the traditional ones. Yep. I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, Gator Outdoors, uh, the lifestyle brand out of – they're out of Bellevue, Iowa. I've been Bellevue, plugging that. Yes. I might be wrong yes, the Bellevue. entire team. <laughs> the you're entire right. Time. You're right on that. Yep. Uh, they've been great supporters of ours. They're a rapidly growing business um, from basically being a retailer, selling all your brands, but transferring into a lifestyle merch company pretty mm-hmm. much, like a clothing company, if you will. So check out GatorOutdoors.com, WCB10, um, Elite Archery. Uh, man, I'm excited for the new line of elites. So it's gonna be uh... Doug's. We're gonna get into elite a little more. <laughs> Doug's pick for this year is very intriguing. Yeah, Doug's I'm, going crazy this year. I'm going going for all. Going, going flashy. For the w. You're going pit viper of elites. Yeah, you are for sure. Hey, you got to be different. You stand that. out. Uh, WCB is the code <laughs> at elite. You can save some money on a boat Loser. and have it shipped to a local dealer. Loser. <laughs> Loser. Uh, da, 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 big time. Big time. Also, man, they've all been good supporters, man. Oh, yeah. I keep saying that shit. But big time, new products coming out, new lines of food plot seed. Uh, we got to get an updated code. we got to get a hold of Joe and get a new code. Uh, it was WCB2020. It might still be active, um, but we will get you guys updated with a new code. They just launched their uh, platinum, platinum gear feed, which goes on sale fe- February 15th. Excited to try that. It's awesome yep. for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Can't use it in Illinois. Well, you could sit there and munch on it a little bit if you wanted to. Could lick on it a little bit. <laughs> it's not bad. Get all my <laughs> minerals and protein. <laughs> Eat it for lunch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, old barn taxidermy, man. Um, that I had their barbecue. They're a taxidermy company, of course, but they also do processing now. Mm-hmm. And see, I'm so excited about this. I skipped past the whole taxidermy thing. Their honey barbecue deer sticks. Dude, bomb. It's dot com. Un- I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it a little harsh. It's unfucking fair to everybody else in the processing game. I ate a first year in of processing, and I ate that. and I'm like, this is mind blowing. Yeah, it is so good. It's the I think it's the best deer stick I've had. Easily, you guys are gonna have to let me try. And it. everyone else, <laughs> it's like I haven't had. It. I brought them to Thanksgiving, and there's not one person didn't like them. Like, because you know, like the jalapeno cheese, some people don't like them. But yeah, right. I brought I mean, them I have to, to drink work. A glass of milk if I eat one of those. Oh, yeah. That's spicy. I brought them to work thinking, like, oh, I'll share them. That way the guys can try them and stuff. And I found myself on break. I ate, like, the entire package. Crew, <laughs> we got over there. Nothing. I had you two left. That's where you leave one stick, and then you cut it into, like, ten sections. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I, cut, I cut, like, the last two and a half. So I made, <laughs> made a little more. I'm like, hey, guys, want some? I didn't eat this whole package right before I walked around out here. I'm so full. <laughs> yeah. But, no, thanks to all our partners. It's pretty cool. Sorry for the lengthy-ish plug. Um and let's do a veteran shout out quick. Um, so all these are brought to you by Operation HHA USA, um, and we got a lot coming in with with HHA USA and a lot more details. Um, this is obviously the first time that we're talking about it. Um, HHAUSA.org, You can go there. Um, also, if you go to workingclassbowhunter.com and in the side menu, there's a veteran shout out uh, button there now. Instead of going to the contact tab. Everything you need to know about HHA USA is there as well, um, and you can submit someone for the veteran shout out. So Doug will be doing that plug from now on. I'll be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be doing it. Douglas Fur, are you ready? Let's send it, man. This veteran shout out is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. Wow, you like that? That was good. Uh, submitted by Nick Garbage, and the veteran is Matt Goddamski. He was in the United States Marine Corps. Hold on, what was that last name? Matt Goddamski. That's how he said, God damn ski. That's awesome. 
<laughs> it's a great name. Rolls off the tongue. It says, uh, I'm giving this shout out to my brother I never expected to have. Matt Goddamski. Yes, that's why I call him. And you'd understand why if you've seen the shit I did with him in the years serving. I don't have that. I don't have time to write a biography, although it'd be a good one. Matt served the Marines with me, and we both went on two tours together overseas as machine gunners. Some good times, some bad, but he always made it better. Little bromance here. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it gets weird, but you're honoring a hero. <laughs> but for real, Matt really deserves a shout out because after the military, he did some struggle. He had some struggles in getting his- on his feet. But he's now an amazing father of two children, been together with his wife since basically forever, and now he does a lot of work for outdoor groups and spends time helping getting others to the outdoors and hunting. He has worked for a few organizations and builds wooden flags for donations. Very cool. Off the top of my head, I can only recall one, the Fallen Outdoors, but I know there's many more. He definitely makes me jealous in all his travels and hunting opportunities. Love you, Goddamski. Thank you, Working Class Bowhunter, for the podcast and all the veteran shout-outs. Love listening to you guys, and somehow every week I have a new favorite episode. Thanks, guys. Well, That's God, awesome. Well, Goddamski, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, yeah, Goddamski. Thank you for your service, sir. If you're hearing this, maybe uh, we can get you in contact with HHA USA to do like a, a f- one of the flag giveaways at a bow shoot yep. or something like that. Be cool. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I mean, all that's welcome. You know, if anybody wants to donate anything to Veterans for the Veterans shout-out or get a hold of HHA USA, like, that's – go for it. Like, we, we want that. We want to build a community. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. So, well, cool, man. This is going to be an interesting podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through the business. And uh, we'll just get right into it and learn about whatever this podcast is about. I'm excited. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> run, 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 Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. All right, on the podcast now, we have Troy from Hunt Wars. This is a really interesting concept, and we're ready to deep dive into this, man. What's up? Thanks for doing this. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you? Um, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm super excited to kind of... Break down what we've done, what we've got going, what we've got coming up. So thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. Um, so I don't even – I'm drawing a blank. Did we just end up finding each other? Did someone introduce us or what? But I don't even remember how that all happened, but we're here now. So I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> but We have terrible yeah, memories I here. I think it was through Carbon TV, one of our partners through Carbon. Yeah, that was um, it. That I think was it. it was Autumn. Made the introduction because that's uh, one of the platforms that we'll be actually airing our episodes on. Very cool. Well, I'm glad I asked that. Then that that coming back to me now. I drink a lot of beer, um, and I'm not real smart. So yeah, all right. So that makes sense. So that's where I heard about it. We touch base. Um, we ha- kind of have some mutual friends in the industry and stuff yep. like that, and we kind of conversate. I was like, man, this would be perfect for a podcast. So um, I'm excited to learn more. 
And uh, so, man, what is Hunt Wars? Um, well, what is Hunt Wars? Jeez. Um, so Hunt Wars was an idea we hatched uh, about a year ago. And, you know, as, as far as hunting shows are, yeah, that are out there, I watch a lot of the hunting outdoor channel and found just that it's the same guys hunting, usually the same places. A lot of the hunts take place on private property, you know, and I, I, uh, I just kind of, you know, had an idea that, Hey, we need to get more personalities out there on, on television. So, um, we decided to go ahead and launch our first season of hunt wars. And what we did was take applications from anybody and everybody. So teams of two, they applied. Um, we did a, a big push at the total archery challenge last year, talked to a bunch of guys, um, and ended up only getting 50 applications for season one, if you can believe it. 50 guys applied. And we had eight teams that we drew randomly to go compete. And basically what we decided was is that we would be able to control, like, what tags these guys were going to be hunting, the areas they were going to be hunting, and kind of level the playing field and have a true, like, competition based on, you know, two guys showing up and going against two guys that they don't know uh, in the same area, same week. So they had all the same things that they had to deal with. And we did it on public land as well. And so uh, we we just decided that that competition kind of existed in the hunting world anyway, but nobody was filming it and nobody was really capturing the reality of what hunting really is, the ups, the downs, and uh, kind of everything in between. So we uh, we chose the teams in August and um, got a bunch of great gear sponsors, uh, Leopold, Peak Refuel, I mean, everything, Badlands that we could supply for these hunters. And when they showed up in camp, um, Davis, Waltons, they stayed in Waltons, and we gave them their coordinates to camp about a week before. So they couldn't go scout or preseason scout at all. They only could awesome. scout. We gave them the unit they were going to be hunting, and we have Hunt and Fool memberships for each one of our contestants, and they could call Hunt and Fool, talk to the uh, experts, and then they would get a good idea of what to expect when they showed up in the unit. And then when they showed up, we gave them one day of scouting, and then the competition kicked off the following day. Man, no kidding. That's, and so, that's crazy. Yeah. So it, it, was, uh, it started with four elk hunting teams in New Mexico. And uh, we had a team from Bama, a team from Utah, a team from uh, Colorado and Montana. And we did back-to-back weeks. So we did one team for seven days, one matchup with two teams, and then another matchup for, with two teams. And uh, it went awesome. Um, you, you know, when the episodes come out, which we'll start we'll start dropping the episodes on our YouTube channel, which is Hunt Wars TV and on Amazon Prime and on Carbon TV by the end of this month, uh, you're going to see these guys struggle. I mean, it's public land. Um, these were limited quota tags that we bought. They were landowner tags down there. So there are a limited amount of hunters in that unit, but it's still, there's a lot of public land and a lot of public land hunters, and you're going to see these guys have to deal with that. They're, they're, it was really hot and dry conditions. Mm-hmm. Just everything that we struggle with that, Sometimes doesn't get portrayed on a lot of the hunting shows. You right, see the right. kill, you see, you know, everything's based on the kill and the trophy picture. Like, this is everything but that. Right, right. Well, So before we deep dive into some more of the hunt questions, I want to go back to the beginning where you said anyone and everybody could apply. 
but only 50 people applied. What was like the criteria to apply it? Like I could just come up and be like, Oh, hunt wars. Cool. I'm in. And, or like, yeah. what was, that's all it was. Yeah. It was, it was basically filling out your basic information, email, phone number, address, and it was a hundred bucks. And I think the guys thought maybe it was a little too good to be true. Like, wait a minute. So I'm in the hat. I get randomly drawn. I get a free hunt. I get all this gear and all I'm paying is a hundred bucks. So I'm like, yep, that's exactly what it is. And that's what it was. And so, you know, there were 50 people that believed in us and believed in the concept and went ahead and applied. And, you know, those guys you know, are in for season two. And uh, anyway, we uh, we decided to go ahead and launch it. I mean, you know what landowner tags are in New Mexico. And we've, we spent about 45,000 on tags and we only oh. had 50 applications come in. So pretty good odds. Damn. So when so, you pick these guys, so you, are you randomly drawing them? Are you picking them like, okay, this guy has this experience. This guy's an expert here. You, you know what I mean? Are you kind of, yeah. okay. Yeah. So what we did is we actually randomly drew eight teams. Like we just drew them like bam, 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 bam. Threw them all the hat. And then what we did is we set up phone calls or Zoom calls with each one of these guys. And we went through and tried to match them up best with the experience level. So the first two guys, the first two teams were pretty inexperienced archery elk hunters. And I'm like, hey, that would be a really good matchup. So we made the dates work for both of them, and luckily they did. And and uh, it, it worked out great to have kind of an inexperienced archery elk matchup. And then the next two guys – teams that we called you know we talked to them and actually one of the teams that we called we couldn't make the dates work and they just kind of were like you know we had some other stuff and so we refunded their hundred bucks and said hey just go ahead and apply next year and gave them another hundred bucks back and drew another team and we just kept doing that until we got the the matchups that we wanted and that we felt really good about but um, it all kind of worked out really good. We had uh, experienced guys. We had non-experienced guys. And so how it works is we just draw the teams, and then as the dates and the hunts kind of fall in place, we just keep subbing in teams and making sure it all works out. No kidding. Okay. That makes sense. So, so pretty much you're going on a seven-day hunt with a complete stranger that you don't even know. No. Another good question. You're going on a seven-day hunt with your best buddy, and you're against two other guys that you don't know. Two-man teams. Two-man teams. Yep. You got a spotter and a shooter. Um, we actually had a – you know, in the elk hunts, we had a um, we had a caller and a shooter. And those two guys showed up. They were, you know, brothers, best friends, whatever you want to do to call it but yeah they were they were a team and then they were against another team gotcha okay that's i thought it was you match them up with random people and then i them, was kind of them that two way guys too. just went in with each other didn't even know each other yeah no we don't have any matchups like that we'll probably do something like that in the future but you know nobody wants to go hunt with a complete stranger um, yeah, that'd be, that, that just added the intense factor <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah i'm out here with this, this guy idiot. fucking sucks <laughs> yeah no so it would be, you know, if, if one of you guys drew, you would be able to pick your teammate, bring okay. him with you, and uh, and and go hunt. So um, it was really fun that way because these guys came to really, really compete and wanted to – they didn't know the team that they were competing against. And so it kind of raised everybody's level. I mean, there wasn't 
dudes coming back to camp in the middle of the day. Like they were pushing hard. And yeah. We had teams that were, you know, hiking anywhere from eight to 12 miles a day, you know, elk hunting and the conditions were tough. Like these guys really pushed and that's, that's what was actually really kind of, uh, you know, satisfying about the, the competition was it actually made them, them hunt harder. And that's what we wanted. Right. And of so course. We put a few things in place, which, you know, a lot of people equate hunting and competition like, oh, it's all about the horns. Like, no, like the other team doesn't even know what if, you know, what, what if a team kills, there's, we don't tell the other team what the score was. So that way they're just, they're, they're looking for the most mature animal they possibly can find. Okay. And that, that kind of helps with, you know, in golf, if you don't know the other person's score, you're just going to, you're just playing yourself pretty much. And so that's kind of the same feel that we got in our hunt wars competition this year is you know you're going out and our scoring actually supported that so the scoring for season one was total gross score of an animal i like gross score because if the animal grew it he should get credit for it of course um the maturity actually counted for double point so oh, if really? they were five years old you got 10 extra points for yeah. that yeah we wanted to hunt as mature of animals as we find and then the third fact uh, metric was um, shot yardage and we actually did a deduction for shot yardage so zero to 40 yards was a zero point deduction 40 to 60 was a 10 point 60 to 80 was 20 and 80 plus yard shots with a bow was a 30 point deduction on your score interesting wow interesting and so we were we were pushing guys to get in closer and really truly see who the best hunting team was in that seven day stretch that makes sense so you can kind of push them yeah, to get them extra points yeah yeah, I mean, if you think about it, a 51-yard shot as opposed to 49, that's a big deal. Yeah, And yeah. so, you, you you know, you see guys pushing in as hard as they can and getting as close as they possibly can um, to uh, to these animals, which is great. You know, we're obviously promoting ethical shots, and, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen, and and so you, you're, you're trying to do your best. So that's what we wanted to do is push as much as we could to get ethical shots happening. That would be interesting. So while you're kind of talking about all of this, I'm trying to picture myself like in the competition. Yeah, I was too. You know, especially being a guy who's only been on one elk hunt. Right. And I have some buddies that are good. We all do that are good at elk hunting and stuff. But yeah, like you go out there for me, never killing an elk. I'd be like, man, there's an elk right there. Like I could kill this thing and then one, get my first elk, get the elk meat and then could win this competition. Cause so if, if I shot an animal that maybe I shot a smaller elk that wasn't so mature and the other person shot nothing but still passed those animals, I would still win. Is that how it works? You'd win. Yep. And you're going to see that in one of the episodes. And uh, it is a game of inches. And you will it, – it really did – you know, guys would pass on stuff and then they'd pass and they'd pass and then all of a sudden it got down to the last day or two and they're like, holy crap, why did we pass on that? Like – it really actually pushes guys, you know, and, and, and it pushes them to really make, you know, decisions based on, well, I've got $5,000 on the line and this is a raghorn and he's at 20 yards. Like, let's, let's do this, you know? And, and I think that's, that was kind of cool to watch because sometimes it made guys really mad. And sometimes it was like, we won and it's not the biggest buck we've ever shot, but we won, you know? Yeah. Right. So, so what do they get if they win? Is there like a breakdown for that? Yep. So the breakdown this year for season one was each teammate, so you and your spotter. Well, 
Uh, let's talk about the gear sponsors real quick because when they showed up to camp, they got Leopold binos, um, spotters. Uh, they got rangefinders and uh, sunglasses from Leopold. Kick ass. Uh, all their all their uh, meals were covered by peak refuel, and then we had a chef in camp that would cook dinners and breakfast if they need if they wanted them. But anything peak refuel, if they wanted to spike out, we had all that stuff in camp for them. All their drinks, everything, snacks, whatever they wanted that way. Um, they also got Badlands backpacks. They got we had Davis wall tents with stoves in there for them. Uh, they got Mountain Mafia sleeping bags. Uh, they got sheep feet orthotics in their boots. Um, they got bow spiders for their bows to to throw in their packs. Um, and then they got a uh, uh, that was kind of the gear pack that they got when they showed up. And then the prizes, they got two prime bows. So each guy won a new prime bow, the newest, best prime bow that's on the market. They both won canvas cutters. If you haven't seen canvas cutter, those things are amazing. They're like a one-man tent, but they're all canvas, and they have a sleeping pad in them. They're amazing. Bed rolls, they're really cool. Hmm. And then solo stoves, crispy boots, black Ovis pants, and socks. For each teammate. I like that. Man, well worth a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's me. You're yeah. getting your money's worth there. You get a hunt and all this stuff. Yeah, not to mention the whole hunt was paid for for them. Um, and so that was kind of all the throwing as well. And, you know, it, it, it really was. And, you know, part of this is also we had a lot of guys that probably couldn't afford to go to New Mexico on a hunt like that on their own dime. And so, you know, part of this, this show is also helping people, you know, live dreams that they've probably couldn't have done on their own Absolutely, yeah that doesn't always like come through in randomly drawing you know we randomly draw names but it just seems like this is like a everyday hunter's opportunity to go and compete and have a blast and get a professionally video you know videoed hunt so we had two videographers with each team on our elk hunts and one video guy with all each team on their deer hunts and so you had a, a guy with the collar and a guy with the shooter because sometimes, you know, you're 150 yards apart and we wanted to make sure we capture both sides of the equation, the calling right. and the shooting. And so you're going to see some amazing footage and amazing bulls ripping and close encounters and guys, you know, it, it's just a blast. It's, it was really cool. I really That's like awesome. the the idea of the show, and from the sounds of it, the layout's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Did did the teams have any interaction with each other before, during, or after the hunts? So that was actually one thing that evolved. So when we were in New Mexico, we actually had the camps about a mile and a half apart. And that way, teams could strategize, they could leave, and not feel like they might get followed. And we felt like we wanted to keep them separate, 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 you know, and have them have their own hunt. And we decided on the deer hunts to go ahead and combine the camp. And, Ooh. you know, whether it was drama, whether it was, you know, it's reality TV. So we were just, you know, we were just trying to see which one fit better. And the one where we had everybody in camp, we spread out their tents probably, I don't know, 100 yards um, for the deer hunts. But they were still in camp. We ate together. We hung out together at night. It was a riot. It was such a good atmosphere. It was really fun. And guys that didn't know each other before got to know each other and were, were really cool. It was funny because every night they'd come in and they would talk about anything but what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That's funny. So that way there was no following and no, and they would always go back to their camp and strategize and, you know, it was, or back to their tent. And so yeah. it was cool that way to, to actually have the camaraderie in camp together. The video guys are there. The hunters are there. We're all shooting the breeze. We're eating dinner together. And then everybody kind of goes back to their tents to really strategize on what they want to do. You mean awesome. to tell me that you guys weren't like low key antagonizing them like behind the camera? Yeah, like Jimmy's <laughs> talking shit about Carl over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they walk away from the fire, they're talking shit. He saw like, a buck with a twelve inch drop down over there on that ridge, but he would never tell you that. <laughs> I already saw two hundred inch. You're trying to you mix it up mean? like fight promotions and shit for the UFC. Like I'm not saying like it's I, like the Ultimate Fighter, but intense. <laughs> <laughs> Literally intense. Intense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it didn't ever get to that. Like I thought it would maybe escalate. Maybe in the back of my mind, I'm like, it would be fun to have like a little drama. But I mean, these guys were just so happy to be there and to compete. And right, they, right. They were hunted harder, and it was almost like a competition of who could come back later and who could not come back for lunch than it was, you know, anything else. And so you just saw these guys just absolutely present, and you'll you'll see, you know, some of them are, like, driving back to camp, and they're going to grab lunch, and they're like, screw it, like, we're not going to, we're not doing that, we're going to go out. And and they just, they're not, we're not going to kill a camp, we're not going to give those guys the satisfaction that we're back at camp. And you hear that, and that's, uh, it's pretty cool, because that's kind of what we wanted was guys to push themselves farther than they could. Yeah, that's awesome. really cool. I, I wonder if you guys were in the whitetail woods. I mean, most hunters are cool. Like that, what you said about the whole drama thing, I expected everyone to get along and everything. Yeah. That's typically how it goes. But, you know, you you get some whitetail guys stirred up in different areas about property lines and a buck that they got on trail cam that all of a sudden is their buck. And, man, that's I think that would escalate real quick. You know, that that's over a longer stretch of time than however long like a quick hunt would be. But... Um, yeah, I imagine you guys keep trucking away. You'll have a, you'll have a good uh, episode of some drama there eventually. You have some people little, disagreeing, little scuffle. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say there wasn't any drama. We had a couple of times where actual partners got in into it with each other. Where uh, we had one group where uh, they didn't have radios and you know didn't didn't think clearly to bring radios and that one one the, the shooter was sneaking in on a bull the the partner came walking in and blew the ball out and they Oof. got in a pretty big shoving match and were kind of upset with each other but it was <laughs> <laughs> but uh as far as drama you don't really what was is, is the public land guys that are interfering and oh. blowing stocks for these guys and that's just what we all deal with but man like those guys would get pretty livid if a public land dude was just dinking around and came driving up on his four-wheeler or trucking through the woods and these guys are putting all their heart and soul into killing a buck and yeah or, or a bull and that that happened regularly and i was really grateful to be honest with you because i felt like that really will portray what what public land hunting really is that'd be frustrating in a competition to have there's a lot of unknown variables when it comes to public hunting it, it definitely throws a wrench into it when compared to hunting on a on a private piece yep yep and that that's what our whole you know kind of thought was on public land stuff was you have the same rut patterns you have the same general pressure you have all of those those factors working against you not to mention you've never hunted the area before you know and so we wanted to capture how how do you guys go do that and be successful and 
it was it was a struggle for these guys season one um i was uh i was really impressed with you know what the results were and it was it was really a, a great season and i'm excited for season two season two is going to be bigger going to be better um we're, uh, we will we have announced our season two hunts um, we went from eight teams in season one to 12 teams in season two. We're going to add some hunts in season two. So um, I need to give you guys the breakdown of season two because I think it's going to be even better. Yeah, let's hear it. So we added an antelope rifle hunt in August um, to season two. So we're going to have two antelope teams. And what uh, what we're looking at doing for the antelope hunt is, as you know, they're called speed goats. This is going to be a speed round. So they have to shoot a minimum um, size deer. We're gonna or uh, goat. We're gonna give them a minimum on inches that they have to. Um, the buck has to score, but it's whoever can kill and get it back to camp first. Oh, <laughs> oh that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and if they if they don't hit the threshold, they're immediately DQ'd, and then the other team just has to kill one that meets the threshold. So. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um, we have our our staple is our four elk hunts and their archery. They'll be in September, and we're gonna actually do a different matchup with those. I think we're gonna do King of the Camp. So we're gonna have all four teams in camp same week, and it's whoever kills, and you're against all the other teams. So instead of just one matchup, you've got three other teams out there Man, that you got. <laughs> so whoever kills the highest grossing animal wins. Yep. Yeah. So every kill, then we just rank you that way. Cool. Um, the next one is we're actually, we did archery mule deer hunts this year. Next year we're doing rifle mule deer hunts. So we'll actually have four rifle mule deer teams as well. And that will be our matchup, just the same as we had before our matchup play. And then our last one is a fast and furious duck hunting round, which will be a two day duck hunt. And the teams will have certain points, you know, attributed to different species tagging out and if they miss it's deductions so we're going to have a two-day duck hunt where te- two teams come in and um so do bands do bands count for extra points if you shoot a banded bird banded birds like yeah we'll have a whole point breakdown that's pretty cool <laughs> that's crazy. That, is crazy. that is cool man i didn't consider like waterfowl into this because it, it's like you said earlier this is kind of a thing that's in hunting in general it's not a competition but like kind of low-key it might be like or it depends what your friend group is it's something you could easily turn into a competition easily oh yeah. yeah um but i like the way you're structuring this because you're getting real hunters like you're not grabbing some bimbo that's some instagram hunter that's had daddy <laughs> hold her hand and i mean by daddy i'm talking about maybe her real daddy or or not a real daddy or a sugar you know, daddy whatever. or a sugar daddy a hey sugar, sugar daddy. Or go to outfitters and just be a pulling the trigger yeah hey we're not here to judge but i'm glad <laughs> that <laughs> this doesn't seem like that and when i before the podcast i was like i might throw some joke questions at you and this was the joke question i just brought it in a little different but it, it's real life hunters in a real life situation it's not like this um anyway it doesn't seem to be from in the conversation a discovery channel over dramatic like dramatized deal it's just real guys huh no, it's just yeah, guys hunting. yeah no we're not looking for love or likes on this, this <laughs> yes thank you he for saying it. that you said it you said it yes <laughs> fuck for love or for likes that show sucks <laughs> and i'm saying it right here hunt wars is where it's at fuck love or for likes wars is as real as hunting will ever get i mean 
And the cool part is, is we do backgrounds, little like interviews at the very beginning of each matchup. So you get to see the teams and you get to see like, these are everyday working guys. Like nobody's a professional hunter. Not one person on our show. We did do a brand matchup. I have to admit, we did one brand versus brand matchup, and that was Aaron Snyder for South Cox traditional archery, and that was a matchup that we added. And I wanted to, I wanted to get somebody in the hunting world that I felt like, you know, was a competitive guy. I called Aaron Snyder. He was a freaking stud. He literally like first day is like I'm in. Like, and tell me who I'm up against. And, <laughs> Um, I said, well, who's a worthy opponent? And he gave me two or three names, and I called those guys, and South Cox is like, done. Like, let's go do traditional archery, mule deer in Arizona, and that matchup was intense. And those guys were awesome. They were buddies at camp, competitors out in the field. So, yeah, I mean, most of these guys are just, you know, we have guys that are concrete workers and guys that are, you know, they work at power plants and, you know, everyday hunters that, that just like to get out and these guys were competing for thousands and prizes. And so it's like, gosh, dude, like, you know, I got seven days to do this thing. Like, let's do this. And, and it captured like the video footage is awesome. It's just, it's cool that way. That's a cool, that's like the most, I, I was going to say with the brand thing, it could have gone one way or another. And I think you probably played it the best way possible because you get two legit guys with traditional equipment. You're not getting like Matt Buzzbuzz with his crossbow that's like trying to <laughs> in his in, in his fenced in area. Yeah, you're not trying to get him to kill a a mule deer in a hot dog suit over a watering no. hole while <laughs> jumping on a pogo stick or whatever the fuck he does <laughs> just to get like traction. So thank you for doing no. that the right way. Yeah, no, we're actually and what I want to do is I want to get competing brands. You know, a Sitka versus Kuyu, send your best hunters and. Let's see how these guys really do hunt. These brands really do hunt. Um, and, and, and it's, it's been interesting because I've actually had a lot of brands reach out and say, Hey, we, we want to go. Like we want to be on the show. We want to, we want to do this. And so we'll probably have a brand matchup every year. I feel like it's just cool and people want to see the people behind the companies hunt. Oh yeah. You know, it's always fun to see. Aaron Snyder, and you kind of believe in Kafaru a little bit more because you know how great a hunter Aaron is, and you know that he would never put something on his back that he or sell something that he wouldn't put on his own back. Right. And I think there's a there's there's kind of something to be said about that. You know, these these companies that sell stuff that never are in the back country or don't understand that. It, sometimes you get back there and you're like, gosh, dude, did they even think about where to put this zipper or to do this? Like how many times have you, you know, got a, a new item and then just been like, this, this makes no sense why they would put this. Here. Right. Well, I think with that mindset and the way you're kind of explaining things that dude, the sky's the limit because the way you have it structured structure to it. I mean, it's, it's perfect. Seems, yeah. It's, Cause you could take, uh, you could go to anywhere. I mean, just imagine this, like going to like ATA show and you walking around with like a clipboard and being like, Hey, come over here. <laughs> so go, go recruit your teams right on to ATA. <laughs> Dude, That'd be fun. It'd either be amazing or a complete fucking train wreck. <laughs> I'd say nine times out of 10, it's a train wreck. It's, but he'd be like that guy with the kiosk at the mall. Just sign your sign your name here. You could win a car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know what I mean. You could do, and I would tune in because you could do a brand war with anyone, and that's just yep. interesting in itself. Like, yep. 
it's people like to see that stuff. Like one competition's interesting no matter what you're watching. Yeah. And but hunting, you know, done this way, um, it would just be it's kind of like an organic type com competition. But you could do I mean from brands to TV shows, to podcasts, to, podcast, to team working class. We need to get somebody in there. <laughs> yeah. Clint Casper stepping well, in, boys. Know, We're going yeah. elk hunting. That, and, the, and the different personalities, I think, is what's key to me. Like, I love watching different guys. Like, a guy that never has ever been on a Yukon moose hunt. And, you know, in the future seasons, we're going to have Hunt Wars Alaska. And we're going to do a freaking drop camp. And we're going to get some dudes up there that probably haven't ever been there. A guy shooting a moose for the first time is just a different feel than Jim Shockey shooting a 70s. Like, right, right. You know, it's the same thing. Like, the Drury's super successful. They have, like, nine shows on the Outdoor Channel. I mean, it's like dream season and late season and preseason. I mean, I, I don't even know how many seasons they have, but it just seems like, you know, those guys are very well established. Like, I would love to see somebody who's never shot a whitetail you know, go shoot a whitetail or yeah. never, you know, like you said, never, never shot an elk before. And not only shoot an elk on our show for the first time, but win their matchup and just be like, you know, chest bumping more than they've ever done because they won. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're going to you know, get some raw emotion on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's impossible yeah. not to capture that. If you, if you got the camera guys following around like you're doing and yeah. you know, that's, that's the cool thing about something like this. Because you're kind of bra- like you mentioned a little bit earlier, you're breaking that mold of what is a traditional hunting show, right. the traditional format you're seeing, um, and the different trends come in and out. But um, I think you're probably hitting this right. I mean, there's hunting competitions like um, Austin. You've done a couple, just but it's like on your own. You send in your footage and you rank whatever. And uh, but this is like legitimate. You see everything like, produced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I've done some of those, you know, the big buck contests and this and that. And the hard part is, is you're like, the second that you can beat or you see the winner, you're like, that's on private land. That, that's a high <laughs> sense. Like, there's no way that guy cheated. Like, everybody thinks that guy cheated. And so we kind of took that element out of it by saying, we're, we're supplying the tags. Like, we know where you're, you're hunting the same unit as the other guys are hunting. So there's no cheating. There's no way to kind of uh, have it. And, and the video quality is, is key as well. So that's kind of right. why we took those two off the table and said, well, let's supply the tags so these guys know where they're hunting. And we, we have the cameraman, so it's not like any foul play or this or that. And we have a draw blood rule. And you'll actually see this in season one where one of our teams actually hits a, hits a, a good animal and there's blood on the ground and that's their animal. And we uh, we have a strict you know draw blood policy where they have to hunt that animal or or nothing else until their hunt's over. Oh, no um, That's fair. That it just kind of keeps it all fair, and guys aren't out there flinging arrows and wounding animals. Yeah, it's a good point. It's There's good. consequences for taking a shot, yeah. you know. Yep, you got to think twice, and it's actually been really cool. All of the teams have been really cool to sign off on that, and. And not really fuss. Um, the team that they hit that that animal, they they took it and said, "Yep, you know, we shouldn't probably should have done some things a little differently." And we've all had it and been there, and so they're like, "We're on that animal the rest of the time. We got it." And they ended up not tagging out because of it. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's fair. I mean, if anybody's ever been to any outfitter, they have kind of the same rule. Yep. Like yep. once blood hits the ground, that's your that's yeah. your critter, you yeah. know, and. 
Um, yeah, that's fair. I think, and it's respectful. I mean, as, yeah. as it can get in a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. We've. Uh, I mean, I've got. You know, it, it's so funny when when, I, when you're talking about it. You all all of a sudden start brainstorming different ideas, and you're like, "Well, you do this, you do this, and we can do this." And we've got probably six seasons worth of ideas that we'll <laughs> we'll end up doing. Um, there's one that I would love to have, like like people that have never hunted before in just one matchup, and you know, get them ready. Teach them kind of the basics, and then and then throw them out there and, and 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 show like really the general public like hunting's no joke. Like you have to know what you're doing to be able to be successful nowadays. You can't just walk out in the woods and think you're gonna come across an animal unless you're the luckiest person alive. But yeah, yeah. Um, we just got a ton of episodes that way. I want to do a father son um, episode where you have your shooter that's under 15 to kind of bring in that new age of hunting that new age of hunter. And so we'll do an episode with that. And we just have a lot of different ideas on, on uh, matchups and whatnot, but right, right. For, the, for the most part, like us with the 12 teams, I think we'll draw those probably right around the end of May to the first of June. But just so you know, when you put your hundred dollars in, it doesn't just put you in for all the 12 spots that we'll draw. It also puts you in, we'll be doing a, a giveaway every week of our application period. So if you've applied, you're in all the drawings all the way up leading up to the, to the main drawing. But, um, this, this, uh, next week we'll have a Leopold rangefinder. Um, and, and I wanted to do good ones. The next week will be a prime bow. Um, we'll do some crazy good stuff that guys are going to get along the way for applying. So why, why we're doing this podcast, can people still apply? When's the cutoff date? Oh yeah, so we just barely started applications for season two, like just barely. So cool. um, applications for season two will run from January to about the middle of June, um, probably cool. a little bit more. And then what we'll do is once we get our twelve teams and we draw those, we'll probably send them out a GoPro and we'll start having them filming their workouts, assuming like what their regimen is to get ready for outdoors. Because sometimes that's as exciting, and we'll post that on our YouTube channel and our social media, um, just so that people can see kind of what the teams are doing to prepare and keep them in the loop, so they can kind of pick who their favorites are and, and what team they're going to be rooting for. That's cool, man. I, I really like. I enjoy this whole setup a ton. I really like um, it too that you're adding waterfowl to it and other species where it's going to yeah. kind of involve everyone. You know, you could even go into noodling, fishing, turkeys, yeah, would be gators. Really I mean, you turkeys. Could, yeah, yeah. So that's. I was. I had a couple questions, and that since we're on to it, we'll skip ahead of my in my question log here. Whitetails is whitetails on the radar. So your exact what your point was with private land, like. I have yet to find, and I've hunted whitetails a lot, I've yet to find a good public land whitetail hunting venue that isn't a draw. I mean, you think about Wyoming, pretty good you know, whitetail open areas that you can you can go to, to public land and, and hunt good whitetails. But anywhere in the Midwest, all those are farms. And so I'm trying to figure out how we can do it, not to mention hey, I got you. hanging stuff. I got ideas. Hanging stands, hanging stands, gun blinds. Like it's almost like a. I know it's a chess match with the deer, but in seven days you've already got to have the the, the blinds and the stand set. It's almost just kind of like a, you know, 
lucky pick. Like, hey, I picked this stand because of this, and the buck ended up, you know, cruising by. So if you guys can help me out, I would love to do a whitetail hunt. I think it would be awesome. Okay, I got some ideas. We'll talk after the podcast. I got a, right. I got an idea I, that might I'm work. Open to all and every idea to be able to get it. I was thinking of having, you know, maybe two guys that have neighboring farms, or you know, that feel like, hey, their farms are the best, and we could do it that way. So there's a couple ideas, but I still haven't fleshed it out to where I feel like it it would be fair enough to do a, a matchup there. So I'm totally open to that. Yeah, I have a I have an idea. It might work for you. I can run, help you cool. out a little bit. I'll run it by you, and we'll talk. But uh, right. I think it'll awesome. work. So, like, 1% ownership in hunt wars, you can give me that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'd be funny to do, like, a squirrel hunt or something crazy <laughs> like that. Well, it's actually funny you say that. In our last matchup down in the desert hunting mule deer, we decided that any jackrabbit shot was a half a point. <laughs> and one team really took that and ran with it. Holy smoke. Does like, does Jackrabbit like, every night in camp. Does like ear length count and all that? Yeah, well, we didn't really do anything <laughs> crazy that way like other species. Um, but I think we'll incorporate that down the road because it was an absolute riot. I mean, these guys, they were burning up arrows every day trying to hit these rabbits. That's hilarious. Okay, I got a question. And – so this is kind of like a question that leads into another question that probably leads into another question here. All right. To a competition, nobody kills anything. It's just a wash. Yep. Okay. What if there's a tie? Okay. And the, the odd no chance. There are no ties in Hunt Wars. Um, the only the, – there's there's an outcome that, that we crown a winner every time, and we go to a sudden death shootout. Archery equipment was this year, obviously. Where we had five arrows um, for each team. Each guy had to take a shot at 40. Each guy had to take a shot at 60. And then they got to deem one person to shoot at 85. And it was total score. We threw in a wrench and made it that at 40, they had to hold their draw back for a minute before they could shoot. (laughs) At 60, they had to be kneeling. And then at 85... Um, it was just kind of a crapshoot, you know. <laughs> they were tired by then, and so you you see some misses at eighty five, and you did it ju- comes down to the final shot. And there is some guys that I mean, you're you're talking about five grand of prizes on the line. So think about that. That's a thousand dollars an arrow, right? You know, a teammate misses, and you get some pretty pretty big crusties, some pretty tough stares back and forth. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You didn't hit the target. So it makes it really fun at the end. But we do crown a winner. Uh, on a shootout at each episode. Okay, okay, very cool. And then, so winner of the competitions is it? Will this eventually build into like the king of hunt war somewhere? Like you're like the man that won this chapter of it. Like Ooh, yeah. I'm kind of thinking, you know, the show Ink Master, the tattoo competition. Like you're crowned Ink Master. Like right. you have that title forever. Like you're. Or do they get to like come back the next year if they win and kind of defend their title? Yeah, so what we'll do is probably season three or four, once we have a good winner's circle, we'll have a winner's bracket. Guys come back and defend and either play their other, you know, the other winners that win other seasons. Um, But, yes, we will have a winner's something down the road. It would just be cool to be, you know, we could maybe do a king of the camp. So all the elk hunt winners over seasons one, two, three come back in one camp, and they, you know, they go at it. So, um, yeah, the sky's the limit on the winners. Uh, guys are are going to be back on the show for sure. That's cool. 
Sounds yeah. like sky's the limit for the show. You guys yeah. can do a lot of different cool things with it. It's malleable. <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a lot going on. I uh, I think you'll start to see uh, probably Hunt Wars go on an international level. Just uh, between oh. us, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess not between us. Just, just between don't us. tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anyone. It'll be. Yeah, don't tell anybody. No, uh, but yeah, we're super excited to to probably bring in um, some teams that are maybe outside the country to compete in the country. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be sweet. Get a bunch of like dudes from Europe that never been yeah, around hunting. Australia, <laughs> New Zealand. I mean, those guys hunt stags over there pretty regularly. I think if you plugged them in here in the Elkwoods, they'd probably do pretty good. Yeah, I would think so. That would be really interesting. That would be really, really – or vice versa, you know? Yep, yep. So – Man. We've got, uh, we've got big plans. Um, I think uh, I think the biggest key to us is guys seeing that other guys are drawing and that the application is a no-brainer. I mean, I mean, let me ask you guys. I, I'm a guy that puts in for a lot of states, and every state that I put in, even my own state, is a $35 hunting license and then $5 for any general season tag that I want to put in for. And so you're at 50 bucks pretty much every time and probably double that if you go out of state. So we lined our application up with that and saying it's 100 bucks per team, 50 bucks per guy. And so it's almost kind of like just another application for guys to go put into. We didn't want to go crazy. We wanted to give them, you know, but along the way, you're going to get drawn out for a rangefinder, for a bow, for a peak refuel pack, for a mountain mafia sleeping bag. Like you're, you're going to have uh, plenty of opportunities to get that hundred bucks back. Yeah, if you're asking us if we would apply, yes, I'm already thinking yeah. about applying. <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking. You guys, when you apply, you know, I know Idaho is your guys' home state. What what is the cost to apply? Did for you say Idaho? Idaho, Idaho? We're in we're we're in Illinois. So start to the nine. Oh, same difference. Sorry, Illinois. My yeah, bad. The uh, great liberal state of whitetails. <laughs> yeah, great liberal state. Okay, Pike County. So, Illinois, <laughs> Pike like, County. What is the normal? What is the normal cost of a of a tag out there? Uh, for a resident, it's cheap. Um. Like I, I can I just pay 20, for twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Um, twenty five to thirty five bucks for like a general season, like over the counter. Tag. Yeah, archery yep. tag over the counter for a non resident. Yeah. It's in that. It's like cashy. Almost five hundred. Five hundred. Everything in. But yeah. you can draw a tag every year. Yeah. A buck tag. Yeah. And if you put in for western states, like is any you know you put in for elk, you know I know Utah non resident, it's over a hundred bucks. And same yeah. Thing for. You know, I put in for Arizona, and it's 160 bucks. And I'm just like, yeah. geez, like, and and not only that, you draw that hunt. Now you either got to hire an outfitter. And so for us, I'm like, you know, these guys' value is going to be through the roof as far as their hundred bucks. That's right. kind of what I'm getting at. Is like, yep, yep. your tags paid for, your license is paid. For. Like, we pay your license. We literally give you your money back for the light, the five hundred dollar license. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want these guys to have an experience that they've never had before. And that is somebody catering to their every need and giving them everything they possibly can to be successful. Right. So pretty much all they got to do is take off work and get there. Take off work and get there. That's, That's it. exactly right. Oh, I like it. That's awesome. Easy peasy. That's mean. That's a deal. <laughs> I love the, um, you know, I think, and I don't know, maybe listeners will agree or disagree, but my mindset is like you, you see some of this stuff, you're like, man, I'm not sure about it. But hearing all the details on this is... Yep. I'm really impressed with it, man. I, I love the platform. You can do really anything you want with it, and it's going to make sense. Um, 
And I'm sure once the show actually comes out and airs, that'll make a lot more sense to people too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah when does when yeah. does season one drop? So season one, the first matchups will be done uh, towards the end of this month, January. Um, we'll have the season one uh, episodes, and they'll kind of follow that. We just got done uh, shooting our last episode, our last matchup this uh, a couple, you know, this last week in Arizona. So. Um, that one will take a little bit, but you'll get episodes, and we'll probably do one to three episodes per matchup. And I always have said, what's better than watching one, you know, one hunting show? It's, you know, two hunting shows at the same time, and that's the format. You're going to see back and forth between the teams, you know, what's one team doing? Okay, they're there. Okay, then it shoots to the next team. Okay, they're they're in, and you're going to get some intense situations where both teams are on balls or on bucks making stocks and you're flipping back and forth between the teams to see, you know, how it plays out. And so we can build the drama that way. And then also, you know, the reality side of things, guys have GoPros on their heads. They're stalking stuff with GoPros. Like we tried to outfit them with as much as we could. They've got GoPros in their vehicles so we can capture, you know, when they're driving, you know, when they're driving home, the recap, what they're doing, what they're saying, you know, any little nuggets of information that we possibly can do. We uh we we're gonna put that on the show so people can learn as well. That's very awesome. cool, very cool. Now, do you go spend time in the camp with these guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all week long with them. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. I usually I'm the usually Dana White of Hunt Wars with, uh, is right in the mix. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the masterminds there, and uh, it's funny. I try to give them a pump up speech, you know, about midweek, like, "Hey guys, you know, keep pushing." And uh, but most of the time, they're, they're self motivated guys and. I'm just there to chop firewood and make you're, sure their tents are warm when they get back at night. You're the ice guy. Make sure the beer's cold, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like sodas are restocked. And there's one cool thing I will say, and I don't know if this is going to deter people or not, but we have a no alcohol policy in camp. I want my hunters sober <laughs> um, and like as keen as they can be. And so uh, every group has been super cool about that. We do have black rifle coffee as a, a sponsor so we have plenty of that in camp yeah as far as sodas go we got monsters any type of drinks the guys want but we don't serve alcohol in our camps just so that we're you know on edge i'm Until just saying a good fist fight in camp would make for great television yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, maybe if we're starving for content and we're, we're stalled out i'll just grab a bunch of beers and be like hey tonight's the night guys <laughs> right Right. Drink these and get belligerent. We're just going to film it. <laughs> We're just going to keep filming. Yeah. Don't turn the cameras off. <laughs> the the yeah. one time you bring beer into camp, like, special guests in camp, you're going to do a podcast with Working Glass Bowhunter, and they brought three yeah. 30 packs of butt. You're in luck. <laughs> it's like, we're the assholes that ruined the whole show. <laughs> uh, I mean, we... we it, it's, been, it's been really, you know, you, you think it's a lot of drama, and because of what reality TV has become on television, and really, reality is if you get the right people, there's no real drama. Well, yeah. let's be honest. A lot of that's manufactured anyway. So, oh yeah, the lover likes. Come on, Noah's done a great job. <laughs> Just that's damn. all real shit, man. A plus production. Real. A plus production. <laughs> yep. <A plus>. yep. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I give it an a minus. It's my favorite show. <laughs> it's tough out here, man. It's real. Golly, I'm thankful to have a podcast to be able to promote stuff like this and not that. You know what I mean? 
yeah it's uh it's tough man like the industry it's it's on a teeter-totter sometimes you know i was gonna ask you like where do you guys feel like as far as the industry is going you know do you feel like it's going in a good direction do you feel like sometimes i'm I'm really excited about where the industry is going other times i'm like i feel like it's getting such a bad rap from a few people i i feel passionate about this at times so i go back and forth i think Right now, I'm in a good mindset on it. I think it's always like you're always feeling real good, real good about it. Then For Love or Lights comes out, and it just yeah, throws you a six in your spoke. Yeah, you're like, man, this, God damn it. This, yeah, I, that is me. You know what I mean? You're like on that high, on that high, and all of a sudden it just drops back off. Well, what happens is I don't watch a lot of – like I don't get to watch a lot of mainstream. Like I do know a little more now because of like Sling, Sling TV I have, so I can watch right. a little more Sportsman, Outdoor Channel, and, and Pursuit or whatever. And I see some of it, and I'm like, man, this kind of brings me back watching the old hunting shows when I was a kid. Like, this is cool. But then you get some of them, you're like, dude, this thing, this whole show fucking sucks. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is an embarrassment. And, like, I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, like, people get mad about me saying the F word on the podcast, but you got this jack wagon over here just making us all look like dick bags by just shit he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, the way he's hunting, you and know? And that shit's on the outdoor channel where anyone that's not into hunting can be like, hey, I want to figure out yeah. about hunting. And he flips to that, and you're like, like you, you that's kick, their perspective on hunting. Right. You kick Matt Busbus off outdoor channel, it goes up 40 points, like, immediately. Because <laughs> he's got that other show that he's, like, trying to rip off ridiculousness, but it, yeah. I, I don't even know what it's called. It's the worst thing ever. It's, like, filmed in his garage. Like, like green screen. And yeah, shit. it's like he was like, I'm going to make this look like shit on purpose, even though I have the funding to make it not look like this. <laughs> and I don't, well, it, it's just it, bad. It's interesting the ideas that come out when money's really not the fact, like the factor. It's just like, I just need to fill my time with something, and then you get a really poor product. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's like I don't he gets know. bored. He's like, yeah, let's do this today. And we have our opinion. We've expressed our opinions on a lot of this, but it's. (laughs) I think generally, if you took out a lot of the dudes who are doing it for to just get their face in a slot on one of those networks, if you took like those guys out and dudes that are generally like, I love Bone Collector. I think they're a classic. I think the way they do their show is great. Um, They're not always out there. They kill great bucks, but they're not always out there like to kill the big bucks and that it's important, whatever. But then, you know, you have your really good educational shows. You got like Midwest whitetails out there is a really good one. Um, yep. uh, Brian Barney is on Eastman's. Um, he also has yeah, Eastman's elevator. He's a stud. Yeah, like he's a stud. what ha- well, actually what's funny now that we're talking about this, I don't, I was watching one show. It might've been a Matt Busbis genre show, We'll just call that's his own genre. Um, <laughs> he had a show and I was watching it. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? And I was just like super bummed. Like I was bummed. And then right after it, Brian Barney was on hunting antelope with his bow. And I was like so into it and watching him hunt. And he's such a cool dude, but he's educational, but he's relatable. And the whole mix of that like saved it for me. Like I was yeah. about ready to like back out on Outdoor Channel altogether. It brought you back and it sucked you back in. Brian Barney came in with his angel wings and just saved the day. <laughs> and I was like, man, that that's what it needs to be. That's what this whole network should be all the time is shows like that or just good hunt camp camaraderie, non gimmicky like bullshit. You know, right. like it should yeah. just be the real wholesome stuff. You know, it's funny to add on to that. Um, I, you know, I remember back in the day when Cameron Haynes was at Eastman's and so was South Cox. I don't know if you guys, those guys were like the OGs of mm-hmm. freaking Eastman's. Like, 
those guys were in Nevada in backcountry hunts way back in the day. And so it was kind of a cool, I don't know, feeling camp to have South uh, in camp with us uh, hunting with his traditional archery equipment because I've watched him, you know, kill so many bucks. And we actually did a podcast on Kafaru Cast, and him and Aaron were talking about what the closest they've ever got to killing a deer was. And, like, South was like, yeah, I've killed one basically right off my arrow. You know, I just no pulled kidding. my arrow. Yeah, like, you know, few steps, if that. He killed an elk, I think, last year at like five yards um, <laughs> with his with his stick bow. And I mean, those stick bows are crazy. We we were hunting bucks, and and you know they'd be at thirty five yards, and he's like, "That's a bomb." You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a bomb for me. And literally, you see those bows shoot at camp, and I can eat a sandwich between the time you know it hits the target when it <laughs> seems like it's forever, right. but. That's another level. And so it was cool to have those guys in camp. And that's kind of what we're looking for is cool matchups that guys will really find enticing and it's reality. You will never see a restock. You know, I like on the outdoor channel, you, you, you're watching it and all of a sudden the camera angle goes to a point where you're like, wait a minute, this camera would have to be between the animal and the hunter. There's no possible way you could get this and still be in the stock, you know? Right, right, but yeah. That's, that was always frustrating to me is you know the guys, you know, the guys reacting, reenacting whatever just for the camera, and I, I always kind of felt that was a downer as opposed to it's okay to shoot over his shoulder. Like, there's no, you know, the cameraman's always going to be behind the hunter. That's just the way it is. So, yeah. That's how our stuff is shot. Um, there's no second takes. I told that to the guys. I wanted it to be as clean and as, as, as real as we could get in the hunting world. And sometimes we can't even get the cameraman in there tight enough. And so you'll just see, you know, a guy pull back his bow and the suspense of whatever happens and the shot happens. And we're okay with that. That's just the mon- that's, that's kind of our thing is, is we want to be as real as we can. I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, there, a show that I like a lot that's on YouTube is like Born and Raised Outdoors. I like those guys a lot. They're, they kind of have that same concept to their show, and I just find it more raw and enjoyable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those guys are awesome. I uh, I love their show where I think they hunt like five states in a row, and they like elk hunt them all like right at, you know, each state right after the other all the way through the elk run. Yeah, isn't that like Land of the Free or something like that? That's like the series? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same dude or a a spinoff or something, but those dudes are sweet. Those guys are awesome. They're cool, man. I'd like to – that's one one group of guys we have not interviewed that I'd like to get on the show someday. So pretty cool, man. I was thinking thinking of reaching out to Corey Jacobs uh, Jacobson and have him go against Jason Phelps and have like the two master callers – That'd head be cool. to head in an elk matchup one time. I'm sure you could get a lot of. I mean, maybe I'm sure you could get a lot of guys that. Be, There's so many be, different possibilities. Oh, yeah. where you oh, can take this yeah, show. I mean, maybe we get a rivalry podcast from you guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's the rivalry? Maybe we get Matt out. Maybe we go working class with Matt. Oh shit! I like that <laughs> for whitetails in the real world with no crossbow. Pretty much any, pretty much any animal. We'll go without ahead. a cross, we'll without a crossbow. We're good. Yeah, and then we can fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and that takes all. Just <laughs> just beat his ass. Because <laughs> the bigger buck, but you whooped his ass. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> Depends how fast I can get them, you know? It's like, I know I can, we have a drinking competition, then we'll fist fight. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, just, I'm Welcome to the real world, yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your daddy? <laughs> or just say, who's your daddy? <laughs> Where's your high fence at? It's fucked up. Um, no, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. We could do that. You know, that'd be fun. Set it up. Uh, especially you get a bunch of Midwest podcast guys and get hot elk hunting. It's just a complete train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But we got yeah, some. That, uh, that would be hilarious. That was, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, just uh, one of our teams is from Alabama, and the elk hunt took place at like 6,500 feet. I mean, I live at 64 here in Utah, and one of the teams got altitude sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a real thing, man. I've been elk hunting and I, we've been to Wyoming bear hunting and just like walking up little hills, like especially it's just, you feel it more. Like you, yeah. I remember us walking up hills and I'm like, man, I'm winded. Flatlanders. Yeah. yeah we're just flatland yeah. dudes. There was two things, two oversights in season one that we'll correct in season two. Number one was that I need to make sure the guys understand like, Hey, you're going to have to acclimate to, you know, that, that type of height. And number two, we had the same cameraman and we had, back-to-back week so our cameraman went about 65 miles hiked in the first week of elk camp and then we we had one day of rest and flew in and then obviously the next group showed up with fresh legs excited for the competition same cameraman and had to go again for 60 <laughs> oh man that's miles. rough so it just rough it was it buried those guys so we're gonna have to figure something out to bring in, you know, extra cameramen. But, I mean, my cameramen were absolute champs. They were awesome. So we'll have to – those are the two oversights. But everything else went really good. And I'll be honest with you guys, we don't tag out on every episode. Like, that's one cool thing. Like, some of the episode, some of the matchups do go to shootouts, and I like that. Yeah, it's, that's just realistic, you know. It's, it's yeah. actually how it is, which is cool, man. I think – I don't know if that really matters as much anymore. You know, on a hunting show, yeah. as long as it's uh, I agree. it's honest, you know. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Good entertainment and honest, and uh, that's what that's what this will be. And we need we need a ton of applications so that we can have a bunch of different you know personalities out there. And that's kind of what uh, sure. what we're shooting for is just making sure that we get a great group of different personalities hunting. Yeah, absolutely, man. That makes perfect sense, and yeah, I love it, man. I love the concept. I yeah, think I'm looking forward to watching cool. it. Um, anything we missed? Um, no, I mean you can catch us. I I would just put a plug in. Uh, we need as many and as uh, anybody who wants to catch the episodes first, they will go on YouTube. So Hunt Wars TV, go subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, that would be a main thing. Our Instagram is Hunt Wars, and it's always with a Z. Um, I own both S and Z, like domains hunt wars with an s but we decided to make it a little bit different so it's hunt wars with a z and that's our instagram that's our youtube um so go subscribe there so that you know you'll get notifications when our episodes drop other than that i mean i'm just excited to 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 pick out some working class dudes um for season two i'm sure i'm sure you get a few applicants man and 100 bones with all that stuff it's we're going to have some listeners applying for sure. Yeah, I think so. And I might apply also as well. Um, yeah, man, I think it's great. I love it. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do the show. Um, you guys got any questions before we close out? No, I'm good. You said uh, forward to it. you're, you're going to air on Carbon TV as well? Yep, Carbon TV and Amazon Prime, um, all three of those platforms. So they'll, you'll see episodes on all three of them. 
Very cool. Awesome. awesome. Very I'm cool. looking forward to it, man. This is, uh, I'll be looking forward to the drop because I'm going to definitely be trying to follow along on this. So, yeah. So awesome, sure. man. Love the ideas. Appreciate your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Go shoot yeah, your bow. Thank you. We love you. guys. See ya. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.